You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Welcome back to 32 Fans in 32 Days. I'm Alex Chester. Noah Kiva today again. And uh, we really had to make sure that we recorded this one today because uh, in less than 24 hours, the NFL season will be debuting with the Atlanta Falcons traveling to Philadelphia to face the Super Bowl champions. And we haven't previewed the Falcons yet. So here with us to preview the Falcons for, uh, I think, at least the second year in a row. You can correct me if it's been more than that, and I apologize, is Harry Schaefer. So, Harry, welcome back to the podcast. How are you doing today? Great. Semi-optimistic, but I'm doing good. All right. Well, let's jump right into this. Uh, The first question that we've been asking people this year has been to give us their coach confidence ranking on a scale of 1 to 10. But I'm going to skip right over your head coach for a second. I'm going to ask you to give a ranking of 1 to 10, your confidence in your offensive coordinator, Steve Sarkeesian. Uh, Obviously, he was the big focus of the team last year uh, with Kyle Shanahan departing and the offense taking a big step back from 2016 to 2017. So, Although they did improve as the season went on. So coming into 2018, uh, how would you rank your confidence in your offensive coordinator? Uh, It's kind of a hard question. I mean, he is – I do like him personally just because he went to the same college as me, so – I like him as a guy. Hopefully, things will get better. Um, I guess confidence-wise, I'd probably say seven. So that's not great. <laughs> it's not terrible. But if you're giving him the, uh, you know, the uh, alma mater boost, then maybe that's really like a five or a six. How about seven with a with a slight up arrow? Okay. <laughs> Trending up. Okay, and then um, let's ask the next question then. Um, what is your confidence in your quarterback? Or actually, let me ask this another way. If you were ranking the quarterbacks from 1 to 32, the starting quarterbacks in each team, Matt Ryan, obviously top five the previous year, which actually, as, as I've said on this podcast many times, it was the first year in his career where he was top five. He had you know usually been in sort of the, uh, the 8 to 12 range for most of his career. So it looks like, was that a career year that he's not going to match again? Or was that a plateau that he uh, you know took a dip last year, but he's going to get back there this year? Where would you put him among quarterbacks? I think 2016 is probably a year that hardly anybody ever has just because, I yeah. mean, he was a few yards shy of 5,000 yards. I mean, he, like, had a nine-point-something average yards per completion. Last year, he, you know, they did, did dip a little bit last year. I mean, he still got over 4,000 yards, but 
their big giant problem last year was the red zone stuff. I mean, they were, I think they ranked second in the NFL in yards per drive, but they were seventh in points per drive. So they could move it between the 20s. They just couldn't get it in the end zone. So hopefully that'll straighten itself out this year. Yeah. Yeah. You're, Matt Ryan was one of the worst uh, quarterbacks in the NFL when it came to red zone efficiency uh, last year. Um, you know, now part of it is, you know, play calling, obviously. In the first half of the year, uh, Julio Jones just got two targets in the red zone. You know, Taylor Gabriel had six during the same time span. So, uh, you know, very curious uh, what the play calling was in the red zone. And obviously, it, it seemed in the second half of the year like that improved dramatically. You know, the Falcons won eight of 11 down the stretch. But that's sort of how the season ended in the red zone again in Philadelphia, right? Yes. I mean, yeah, it did. I mean, I guess how things went for the Eagles the rest of the playoffs, losing by five, you can't yeah. really be too ashamed about that. Yeah. <laughs> no offense. Yeah, we did a little worse <laughs> the next week. That's right. Um, but yeah, so let's talk about, let's talk about, you know, we've talked about Sarkeesian and Matt Ryan. So I had some numbers of the play calling, um, sort of uh, examples of the difference between Shanahan last uh, in 2016 and Sarkeesian last year. Um, so on first down passes, uh, first down pass attempts, deep targets. So 15 yards down the field. Uh, last year they did that just 18% of the time. The year before they did 26% of the time. So that's a drop of like almost 50%. Um, and then also targeting, and in, as an example of that, um, Matt Ryan's quarterback ranking rating on first downs was 121 in 2016, which was best in the league by far. Last year dropped to 86, which is below average. So he wasn't throwing it as often. And when he was, he was having less success. Um, they also targeted Julio Jones significantly less on first down. So it seems basically like Sarkeesian was much more conservative <laughs> Than Kyle Shanahan, and that conservative play calling backfired because you know that a, part, a big explanation for Matt Ryan's numbers is he wasn't throwing it enough and he wasn't throwing it to Julio enough. Yeah, I mean, I think part of part of what's plagued Matt Ryan over his whole career is just the sheer number of offensive corners they've had. I mean, if you look at if you compare Shanahan's first season in 2015 as the OC versus um, Sarkeesian's first year, it's pretty similar numbers that Matt Ryan put up. I mean, he had like a – I made a couple of notes. He had like an 89 rating in 2015. He had 91 and a half last year. His touchdowns and interceptions were pretty similar. I mean, he had 21 and 16 two years ago, and he had 20 and 12 last year. So, I mean, it, this year will be a real telling sign to see if – I think this – by the end of this season, it will be easy to see if things are going to work out with uh, Sark or not. All right, and what about the passing game? So as we said, they didn't target Julio enough. Now they've added Calvin Ridley, so their three receiver sets should look good. Um, I assume that him and Sanu and, and Julio will all be on the on the field a lot at the same time. Um, how you know what kind of changes do you expect to the offense with Ridley being added? I think he'll just be like a a good addition. I think. I mean, it's hard to tell whether Julio just wasn't targeted enough, or if it was just easy to use him as like a decoy because he'd draw up other people and free up guys like Sanu last year. I think it'll be, it'll be telling to see if they have the utilizer tight ends too. Cause I, that was a kind of a, something that got ignored a lot last year that would have helped them out more. And then I'm trying to remember exactly when DeMarco, the fullback left, I think he was there in fifth, he was there in 16, but wasn't there last year. And it was kind of easy to kind of notice there was like a hole there also. So hopefully if they, Utilize things like tight ends and fullbacks more. It'll definitely help him to get close to the goal line, and maybe that'll help free up uh, Julio for some more targets. So are they throwing it to who does that mean, like Austin Hooper then or Logan Paulson? 
I think Hooper's the main target for it as far as the tight ends go. They really haven't had a great tight end since uh, Tony Gonzalez retired, but they've kind of had serviceable-ish ones. But it'll be interesting to see if they can get Hooper involved. All right. What, what's, in your opinion, uh, you know, people are probably wrapping up their fantasy drafts as we're posting this. So if there was a guy on this team who you think from fantasy rankings is being either overvalued or undervalued, who would that be? Um, I think I'm not sure how the all the rankings stand up for most people, but I would think probably guys like Sanu would be somebody that may be undervalued as a sleeper because I think he gets a lot of the at least last couple seasons got a lot of passes that typically would have gone to Julio, and then also you know I mean if their running backs are kind of a problem for fantasy just because they don't rely on one they have. Coleman and Freeman. Freeman's kind of the one that gets a lot of the, the glory. So, but then again, if you have a fancy team and you're relying on a, a running back in a two back system, then you usually end up getting screwed out of touchdowns. So it's hard to say. I mean, I think I'm not sure where. I mean, this might be a good year to draft Matt Ryan just because he was down. Last year, he might be available later. Yeah, he's going outside the top yep. 10, which means in like standard leagues, he's not even like a starting quarterback. Um, obviously, I only do two quarterback leagues. Uh, all right, let's go to the defense for yeah. a second. Uh, the defensive line, a little bit of transition. They lost nose tackle to Tari Poe, edge rusher Adrian Claiborne. Um, you know, this was a, in 2016 when they went to the Super Bowl. The defensive line was definitely a strength. Uh, I think Vic Beasley might have led the NFL in sacks. Is that right? Yeah. Yep. Um, and, and then, you know, last year – not as successful. And again, they've lost a couple of big names, a couple of starters on the defensive line. So what do you think that means for the pass rush and the defensive line in general this year? I think it, so looking at the defense, it's almost easier to be up more optimistic about the defense. I mean, maybe not more optimistic, but less nervous than you are about their offense because, you know, you kind of got Dan Quinn overseeing everything. Losing Poe was a big loss. But I think they have a lot of young players that are that are going to be able to, to step up and take his place. I think we'll see Tack McKinley get more opportunities rushing the passer. Um, it kind of reminds me of, you know, the year that when Seattle first started to become like a, a known defense. I mean, they just have – they've just been stocking their whole defense with draft picks basically over the last four or five years that have all kind of hit. So most of their starters have come, you know, from the draft, and they're all young, and they're all been in the system for three years now. So, I mean, the first two years, the last two seasons, they've the defense has kind of started off slow, and then as the season goes on, they get better and better. So it'll be interesting to see how they how they do over a whole season this year. I mean, it could be the they could be relying on the defense a lot if they're in a. Hopefully not low scoring games, but we'll see. So who do you what do you think either player or position is the weakest link on this team? You are the weakest link. Goodbye. The weakest the weakest link is probably probably who's gonna be able to fill in for post spot, who's gonna be able to pick up the slack there. I mean, they got you know, their their secondary is really solid with True Fountain offered and they have Keanu Neal, the safety who's was drafted two seasons, two years ago, and he's he's really stepped up. They drafted another corner this year. Uh, he'll probably just be in spot duty, but I mean the the 
secondary is really solid. It's just a matter of making sure they can, uh, you know, stop the run up the middle. Because I think they do have guys between Beasley and Tack McKinley that can get to the quarterback. It's just a matter of hoping that they don't, you know, give up big plays on the ground. All right. What, what would you say are the five best players on this team, offense or defense? Yeah. Give me your Overall? five best players. Let's see. Uh, I'd say for sure Matt yeah. Ryan, Julio. Um, I guess I'd have to say – I should probably say Freeman just because for the amount of money he makes, he better be worth it. Um, and then I think – First, other people may not agree, but I think Keanu Neal's one of my favorite guys just because he's such a good hitter and he's kind of, you know, sneaks up on people. And he's, I think he's underrated as a safety. And I really don't want to say a kicker, but Matt Bryant's been so solid for them. And he's basically his automatic inside of 50 and even outside of 50 that. I guess it's a good weapon. So that's have. sort of indicative. I'm not going to go. I'm not going to go the brown the Browns hard knocks route of of uh, how how you treat kickers if you're uh, Todd Haley. But in my opinion, I think he's uh, he's one of the most valuable. Yeah, players. But that, so that's sort of indicative of this team in general. I think that there's three guys on the offensive side, just one guy on the defensive side. When you sort of think about their best players, but but you, but you don't think other than other than sort of you know the middle of the line where Poe's gone, you don't really see the defense as being a big problem necessarily. I think if there is going to be a problem, that's where it will be. But I think just because they have so many guys that kind of complement each other, and I just think they're coming around and getting stronger as a unit overall, there may not be a standout. I mean, Trufant's kind of a kind of being considered like probably maybe somewhere between six and twelve as far as like mm-hmm. lockdown corner type. But I just think that unit overall, there's a lot of guys that all contribute to. Uh, to getting the job done. Hopefully they'll be able to, sh- to make it the whole season. All right. What about, um, you know, other than Calvin Ridley, obviously the first round pick, who's the rookie that you think you're expecting the most from this year? Um, I'm not even really sure how much I expect from Ridley this year. I mean, I think a lot of time recently there's been a few breakout rookie wide receivers, but typically rookie wide receivers don't really do much the rookie season. They kind of take a few years to, to develop. Hopefully he'll, you know, he may break out, but, you know, coming from Alabama, he's not used to having to catch the ball very much. So he's used to blocking for the running backs. But um, I guess I'd have to say probably their, uh, i trying to remember his name off the top of my head, their cornerback they drafted in the, I believe in the third round without looking. I can't remember his name off the top of my head, but I think because there's been, you know, Trufant and Alfred are both kind of, usually they miss one or two games during the year for different ailments. So having somebody that could step in and not expose the right or the left side to getting, getting ripped apart by a good quarterback, I think he would be a good, a valuable addition. All right, let's ask you about uh, about our listener, Sam. So we have Sam from New Zealand, new football fan this year, looking for a team to support. We've been asking every single uh, team to tell us, why do you think Sam should adopt your Falcons as a team? Or why shouldn't he? <laughs> I can't get worse than 28-3, to three, right? <laughs> it, can't, 
It could yeah. not. So at least at least he will have missed the franchise's worst moment in history. That's true. I mean, I know. I thought I knew for sure I was going to hear about that most of last year. I thought maybe by now <laughs> it may have run its course a little bit, especially after, you know, what happened with your guys last year. But I mean, I they're an exciting. They can be one of the most exciting teams to watch for their if their offense gets on track. Um, coming from New Zealand. Um, you could uh, get on the get on the uh, get on the train now, and you could say that you were that your team was the first team to uh, play in a hometown Super Bowl. Yeah, we tried that last year. <laughs> Almost worked out. You're just saving it for us. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> um, yeah, that, just even you saying that makes me depressed. I mean, I got an argument with people last year. I said like winning the Super Bowl last year would have been more valuable to me than winning like the next three, and I really do feel that way because you know. I say this as, a, as somebody whose team has never won the Super Bowl, and obviously you're in the same boat. I haven't even been to a Super Bowl in, four, in my lifetime. But like the bottom line is, at the end of the day, like every year somebody wins the Super Bowl. And so, how do you become like really memorable? It's not just about winning the Super Bowl, but it's about you know winning it at home would have been something really remarkable. So yeah, uh, and know, that's you guys get that chance this year. I've come out of a uh, year long, year long nervous nervous cave of. Uh, of being scared to go out on a limb, but you know, I guess I was kind of surprised last year. I think, you know, a lot of people thought they would just fold up and die after what happened in the Super Bowl. But, you know, I think 10 and six with a, you know, stomping the Rams in the first round of the playoffs and making it the second round showed they at least have some heart and they are, you know, they're not going to let that bother them. Yeah. And, you know, a play away from, you know, going to the NFC championship again, if you guys would have come back to Minnesota, by the way, (laughs) I would have been. I think I would have been more nervous at home against you guys than I was on the road against Philly. I, I did not see Philly coming because I think you know. <laughs> I think everybody did. I mean, I was very happy to see you guys beat that that smarmy piece of garbage coach of the <laughs> coach of the Saints. But I mean, you know, people were talking about how they even tanked their didn't really try hard the last game because they're trying to avoid. They're you know they're trying to get to match up with the Eagles. But yeah, I mean, every week. You know, when, when the Falcons beat the Rams, I'm like, oh, cool, we get to play the Eagles next week. And so we're pretty much in the championship game. But, and I think that's what everybody thought every week going forward until they beat the Patriots. Yeah, I mean, well, Foles looked so terrible until, you know. So. Yeah. I guess we'll probably, I mean, that's one of the advantages I think this year that the Falcons have is that they have a third place schedule because all the wild cards came out of the same division last year. So they get a third place schedule. And week one is at Philadelphia, which probably we'll get to see Nick Foles again. So I'm not too sad about that. All right. Well, let's jump right into that then. Um, so you start the season, as we said, the first game of the year on the road, Thursday night football. Possibly not. We haven't confirmed yet. Is Nick Foles playing? Is uh depends how much stock you take in what Peter King says. Yeah, we're also recording this well in advance of when we're releasing this, so we might have to edit this out because uh, <laughs> this 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 might be meaningless if they've decided, you know. But um, what's Prof- your prediction for uh, week one? Profit or fool? Yeah. Um, it's hard to say. I mean, I think it's either going to they're either going to be going up against um, they're either going to be going up against Nick Foles again or or a very rusty, you know, starter. So. I, it seems like it's the second year in a row that the Falcons have had to go on the road to play the Super Bowl, the Super Bowl champs. So they get to go. At least they didn't lose to to these guys in the Super Bowl. So they get to go up there and watch them get their rings. I'm sure and all that other crap. So hopefully they'll come across, come out with a win. 
So you're predicting a win, though? Um, you got to give us a prediction here. Oh, a prediction? I, uh, I will say a close loss. Okay. All right. So 0-1, you come home to face the Panthers. They got a new owner. They're coming off an 11-5 season themselves. Yeah, a new owner. What happened there? <laughs> <laughs> so I, the Falcons have always played Carolina really well, especially at home. There's been many, many, ga- many times when you've seen a sulking, a sulking Superman with a towel over his head when that when the game's over. So I think I think the Falcons will will uh, take care of that game. And then, I mean, the the way that their schedule lines up this year, they they never have more than two games on the road consecutively, which is cool. And based on their travel. I think the furthest they go was like the central time zone. They go there like maybe twice. So they never really even have to travel very far when they do travel. So, I mean, the third, the third place schedule is going to help them out when they go to like, uh, you know, when they play the Giants and the Bengals and that kind of stuff. All right. But and they, then um, week three, still at home against your other hated division rival, the Saints, and their smarmy coach or whatever you just call them. <laughs> yeah, I think I use that term. Yeah, I mean, I think, I mean, typically when both teams are good, like, like in this case, they usually split home and home. So I'll, I will uh, give the Falcons their second win against the Saints. Okay, so two and one, lots on the road, and two wins at home against three playoff teams. A very difficult start. You got a slight reprieve in Week Four against the Bengals. Third home game in a row. Yeah, that's that's. It's hard to say. I mean, who knows who's going to come out of nowhere in the NFL, but I think it won't be the Bengals this year. So, I mean, that's, I think that's going to be win number three against the Bengals. All right. Yeah. And I mean, you really, it's, this schedule is very interesting because five of your first seven are at home. So the beginning of the season, you're all on the, at home. And then the end of the season, you're all on the road. Um, but uh, so three and one now, then you go to Pittsburgh. That's, uh, that's week five, second road game, second, uh, Road game. So your first five games are either in Georgia or Pennsylvania. First six, first set, first half of the season, every single game is uh, either in Georgia or Pennsylvania for whatever that's worth. <laughs> yep. So I, yeah, and I think, um, I think at Pittsburgh will be a very telling game just because it's kind of a it's a road game and it's kind of probably like an even up matchup and it'll be interesting to see how how things have gelled over the first four games. I mean, I'll. I'll be optimistic. I'll, I think we'll we'll take that one too. All right. So four and one. Look at that. Three wins against playoff teams, and then you come home. Should be getting easier. You get come home to face Tampa. Jameis will be back unless he's you know done something else. But stolen some more crab legs. Yeah. Are you going to sweep the uh, home divisional up games all before uh, October fifteenth? Yeah, I think so. I mean, I think you know if you if we've already beaten Carolina and, and Tampa Bay, I mean in. New Orleans, there's no reason why we would not be Tampa Bay too, unless All right. You know, so now you're five and one, undefeated at home, and you face Monday night against the Giants. Yep. That's that's that'll be another win. All right. So going into the bye, six and one. A lot of big wins there. And again, going into the bye, going into November, you have not played a game outside of Georgia and Pennsylvania, which I'm sure has never happened in NFL history before. Very odd quirk of the It's almost like an SEC schedule. Yeah, exactly. Uh, But it's going to get, you know, at least the weather is going to get colder. I see uh, at least one cold weather game in December and a couple that might be chilly in November. So it starts Sunday, November 4th. uh, You're in Washington. So right before Election Day, you're in Washington. Maybe uh, say goodbye to a few members of Congress who might be on their way out. (laughs) Win or loss there. And I have no, I really have no idea 
of what the Redskins are looking like. I know they don't have I know they don't have a quarterback that they had last year. <laughs> yeah. Somebody some teams dropped a lot of cash on that one. Yeah, I don't know who that was. But, uh, <laughs> although if too bad Kiva's not on the not on the podcast because you could have talked about how he turned down more from the Jets. Yeah. Well, I think but, that worked out for everyone. Jets get Sam Donald, yeah, they get someone to dream on. Looking at Washington and Cleveland, I think I mean, I hate to say it because you figure there's got to be a trip up somewhere, but I, I don't see them losing either of those two games either. All right. So you beat uh, Washington, you beat Cleveland. You're now 8-1, and one, right? Or is that 9-1? and one? How many is that? That's 8-1. That eight and one. 10. Eight and yeah. 8-1. and one, Come home to face the Cowboys week before Thanksgiving. Um, I would think that – if the Falcons are going to have like a little skid, I would think it'd be weeks 11 and 12. All right. So you think that you lose at home to the Cowboys and then you go at New Orleans on a Thursday night, a Thanksgiving game. And that's another yeah, loss? On a, on a short week. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, yeah. Cause I mean, there's no way that I don't think the Falcons are going to go 14 and two or anything. <laughs> so I think they got to get some losses in somewhere. So I think I would say, They'll probably drop that game of that versus Dallas and lose that New Orleans. All right, so now you're eight and three. You get ten days to face the Ravens at home. Is it Lamar Jackson time? Is it still Joe Flacco? Uh, I don't. Is Joe Flacco an elite quarterback? <laughs> Is he uh, elite quarterback? <laughs> well, you're eight and three on a two-game he... losing streak after a, an eight-game winning streak, so you need this one. Yeah, getting healthy. They'll get healthy against Baltimore. Yeah. I don't think it matters which one's playing quarterback. All right, so now you're nine and three. You go to Green Bay. This could be a game with you know home field and the playoffs on the line. Yeah, who knows what their season will be like. But yeah, I think this may be a – I think this is probably going to be their fourth loss right there. All right, so 9-4, and four, you come home against the Cardinals. It is interesting that everyone, you know, just assumes because Atlanta's in the south that, you know, oh, going up to the cold weather in Green Bay. But Well, you were the ones who oh. won the first, road, like the first road game in Green Bay in sub-freezing weather in like 100 years or whatever, wasn't that? Or the first loss yeah, in Brett Favre's career, the Michael, Michael Vick playoff game? Michael, yeah, Michael Vick. Yeah. But, I mean, you think Matt Ryan grew up and, you know, he played Boston. in yeah. Boston. So there's a lot of guys that are used to the cold weather. But, you know, you see you see uh, guys that are like rookies for teams that play in the Northeast that have never seen snow before coming if, if they went to somewhere in Florida. So I guess it all – I don't think it's as big a deal as it is in college. But All right, so you host Arizona in week 15. Yeah, I'm thinking Atlanta uh, runs the table the last three games. Oh wow! So you sweep Carolina, you win Tampa. Okay, so you're going twelve and four. Yeah, I think twelve and four is a good number. Okay, so twelve and four. So you're winning the division, I assume, or the Saints or Panthers? Well, I think it depends on the Saints. We'll see. I think it's going to be a two horse race from the Falcons and the Saints to who wins the division. So you're not too worried about Carolina. No. All right. So twelve and four. So what's your expectations for the season then? Like, you know, if if this team makes it to the NFC Championship game, would you say it was a successful season or not a successful season? If they make it to the championship, I think it's I think it's successful, ish. <laughs> ish. All right. But I think with with the third playing a third place schedule and the way that their road games line up and stuff, I think this is this is the year to make a run. But I think when you look at not knowing, you know, there's a lot of other good teams that aren't in the Falcons division. So who knows who they'll match up with in the playoffs? But then you got they'll probably they'll be facing a team like Green Bay or Minnesota or the Rams again in the playoffs and the Eagles. So who knows how the playoffs all match up. It's kind of almost a game-by-game basis. I mean, 
you know, it all depends on how hot you are when the season ends and where you end up, whether you're at home or have to travel. All right. So I, I, pretty I'm optimistic. I'm optimistic, but there's a lot of other good teams in the NFC. So all right. Well, let me ask you this: Pick a just, scenario in which this team misses the playoffs. What would happen that would cause this team to not make the playoffs? Uh, Matt Ryan gets injured. That's about it. So Matt Ryan's healthy. You are a lock for a playoff spot. That's what you're telling me here. On, on the precipice yeah. of this week. Even though, even even though my my brain is screaming never to say something like that as an Atlanta sports fan, I guess I would say yeah. If Matt Ryan's healthy, the Falcons are in the playoffs. Right. I, I got to go look up his uh, career. How many times have they been in the playoffs under Matt Ryan? So let's see. Um, he came in in what 2000, uh, 2008, right? They made the playoffs once. Let's see. They made yeah. it five times in his nine seasons that he's been healthy. So it's only a little bit better than fifty percent, but. Uh, after this year, it'll be boosted up to 60%, I guess. <laughs> but it's been, what, two or three seasons in a yeah, row? Yeah, they've made it two years in a Maybe row, yeah. There, well, there was that big dip in 13, 14, 15, where you know, they won four, six, and eight games. And they had a healthy Ryan there. I, yeah. guess, I guess you're going to blame that one on, uh, on poor Mike Smith, huh? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, blame it on something, but yeah. I mean, he's – yeah, Matt Ryan hasn't missed a start since 2009. Yeah. All right. So I'm, I'm, not, I'm not saying I – I'm not going to say I think he, maybe he's due, but I sure as heck hope not. But I think, you know, another – they lost a lot of uh, – they had a lot of offensive line turnover last year too, which may have helped contribute to their red zone inefficiency. So with another, with another year of the offensive line being together, I think it may only – you know, it can't, it can't do anything but help them out this year, I think. Yeah, I mean, pro football, pro football focus, I think, ranks them as the third-best offensive line. So that is certainly not a, a, not a weakness on this team. Yeah, I'm just – it's really hard to be too optimistic. <laughs> just waiting Wait, for the on. other you shooter just drop. And I... Oh, you're just saying in the playoffs they're going to lose. Yeah. Okay. Yes. All right, well. I'm not saying they're going to lose. I'm just saying it's, it makes me really nervous to be too optimistic. But you really, I guess you can't really <laughs> help it. And, you know, since, since the Super Bowl issue – you know, the, the most recent problem has been Georgia blowing their game against Alabama. So there's been something that's happened in the interim that's kind of replaced the Falcons as the as a bad finish for a championship game. So, yeah, we had a uh, Jaguars podcast uh, and the Jaguars guest was also is also a Georgia fan. So I think this is two podcasts in a row where we've had a Georgia fan on. I'm not a Georgia fan. I just was. Uh, oh, just the local. Oh, OK. Atlanta, yeah, Atlanta sports I see. Fan. I see. Yeah. Who's your college team? I grew up as a lifelong Hurricanes fan, but I went to BYU, so I'm kind of torn. I guess both ends of the spectrum as far as as far as reputation goes. Yeah, in terms of sort of the culture and the reputation, it's like, you know, I think BYU makes Notre Dame look like the convicts, so. <laughs> yeah, it's true. All right, well, listen, uh, Harry, I don't know if I can wish you the best because we're competing uh, not in a game in the regular season, but definitely for a playoff spot. But, uh, you know, if uh, I, I don't dislike the Falcons as much as I dislike the Saints, that's for sure. So I'd rather you win that division than New Orleans. And uh, if it comes to pass, then I guess we'll have to bring you back on to preview the playoffs. What was your prediction for the Vikings? Are they going to win their division? Yeah, I think they're going to – you know, I think, I think anytime Aaron Rodgers is healthy, Green Bay is obviously someone you have to worry about. But that team is – they're almost like the, the slightly richer man's version of the Colts. I just think, you know, other than Aaron Rodgers, it's not a – it's really not a good roster, I don't think. Um, and so I'm, and, and I, and I'm not, and their coach, I think is a big question mark also. So 
you know, I'm worried about the Packers, but I'm not particularly worried about Detroit or Chicago just yet. So, <laughs> Chicago's on the upswing, but they're, they're, I don't think they're winning a division this year. And Detroit is sort of stuck in like eight and eight purgatory right now. So, so if if there is a competition between the Falcons and the Vikings, hopefully it'll be for who has home field for the championship game. <laughs> yeah, listen, I, I hope to come to Atlanta uh, uh, this winter. I'll leave it at that. <laughs> come on down. I'll show you around. I hope to be there in February, not January. <laughs> <laughs> he could be there two weeks. Well, I guess one week in a row. Yeah. It well, was- I mean, if the Fal- yeah, if the Falcons are hosting the NFC Championship game, yeah, but yeah, I'm not. That that was my that was my mistake last year. Where I was like, well, you know, I didn't go to the Saints game because my logic was, well, look, if they if they you know, I'm going to save up my money. If they're going to keep winning, they're going to go to the Super Bowl, and if they're going to lose, then why do I want to go to a game where they lose? So, I had an opportunity to go to the Viking Saints game. I passed up on it, and obviously, that would have been you know. Uh, uh, quite a moment to be there for. So, well, as, yeah. as a Falcon and a BYU fan, I can say it serves the Saints right for having a, a Utah Ute in their secondary. <laughs> oh, is that is that where uh, Williams is from? Yep. Uh, okay. <laughs> well, <laughs> I feel bad for him. Yeah. The, the interesting thing is that the uh, the kicker for the Saints is friends with my son because they went to the same high. He went to high school around here, so that's kind of it's kind of weird to see him playing football. Okay. Wait. Who who's the Saints kicker? Will Lutz. Oh yeah, yeah, lots. Oh, that's funny. All right, well, no, no, it was, it was the punter. The Saints punter was like a real mensch at the end of that uh, the Vikings game because if you remember, the Vikings technically had to line up for an extra point, which is a rule that they finally changed this off season. But um, and all the Saints had like gone in the locker room and refused to come out, and so finally their punter and like three other guys came out because they needed like somebody on the field for the snap, which the Vikings <laughs> were just going to kneel. And of course, that kneel, by the way, cost a lot of people in Vegas because the Vikings were, I think, five. They finished as five and a half point favorites, and they won by five. But uh, Thomas Morstead, the punter, had gotten injured and like limped back on the field to line up under center as like the nose tackle uh, for that final play. And then well, Minnesota's really liked it, and so they sort of copied what Bills fans did to Andy Dalton's charity the week before, and they gave like a bunch of money to Thomas Morstead's charity. So, but yeah, so Saints- we, we like their punter. He's the he's one of the rare Saints that we like in Minnesota. All the Saints fans have money on the game, so that's why they didn't come out. Yeah. <laughs> The Saints players, even you're saying, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, look, their coach was was doing like the skull thing to mock the Vikings in the waning seconds of the game, and that backfired on him. So he, yeah, he he caught some heat in the uh, Thursday night game in Atlanta where he he kind of screwed them by getting the getting the sideline penalty. So oh yeah, yeah. I don't, yeah, I don't have any. Uh, yeah, listen, anybody who hires for Williams has questionable morals. Yeah, I was going to say the Saints may have had money on the game. At least there was no bounties on the Vikings. Yeah, that's true. Are you are you watching? Uh, are you watching? Uh, what's it called? The HBO show Hard Knocks. Yeah. Are you watching Hard Knocks? I watched the first couple episodes. I heard about the one the other day, which sounded pretty funny. But I can I can kind of see why Roethlisberger hates Todd Haley. But yeah, Todd Haley looks like an asshole. But Greg Williams is really leaning into his reputation. Like, <laughs> and he doesn't want anybody to think he's a nice guy. So yeah, yeah. The, those two guys. I mean, he. I'm not sure why he uh, hired those two guys as coordinators, but Hugh Jackson. Yeah, it's well, it's somebody who's either very, very confident in their job or somebody who knows they're probably getting fired at the end of the year anyway. So what the hell? <laughs> well, I guess if you hire those guys, you know that if you uh, get fired, you, you know that there's not a good option for an interim coach. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, not if you would want a mutiny from half your team. So, <laughs> all right, Harry. So good luck, and uh, we may speak to you in the class. If not, we'll speak to you next year. All righty. All right, talk to you later. Bye-bye. See ya. Paper boy, paper boy, always about that paper boy. If you ain't on your grind, then you flexing, use a hater boy. Paper boy, paper boy, always getting paper boy. If you ain't making money, then you ain't a money maker boy. Paper boy, paper boy, always about that paper boy.
clip, paper clip. Yeah, I need a paper clip. I'm stacking up this paper, man, and I can make that paper flip. That paper flip, paper flip. Watch me make this paper flip and head to Magic City, and I bet that paper make a strip. Paper man, paper man, catch me in the paper man, like Wall Street Journal, yeah, 'cause I be getting paper man, that paper man. Really? All about that paper boy. Paper. Got a team to serve a paper. From Cali to Decatur. Stack boy. it. Paper boy. Paper boy. All about that paper yeah. boy. I keep a team. Uh. Paper boy, always about that paper boy. If you ain't on your grind, then you flexing, use a hater boy. Paper boy, paper boy, always getting paper boy. If you ain't making money, then you ain't a money maker boy. Paper clip, paper clip, yeah I need a paper clip. I'm stacking up this paper man, and I can make that paper flip, that paper flip, paper flip. Watch me make this paper flip and head to Magic City, and I bet that paper make a strip. Paper man, paper man, catch me in the paper man. Like Wall Street Journal, yeah, 'cause I be getting paper man, that paper man, paper man, yeah, I'm getting paper boy, paper boy, all about that paper boy. Got a team to serve a paper from Cali to Decatur, boy, that paper boy, paper boy, all about that paper boy. I keep a team, yeah, paper boy. Paper boy, always about that paper boy. If you ain't on your grind, then you flexing, use a hater boy. Paper boy, paper boy, always getting paper boy. If you ain't making money, then you ain't a money maker boy. Paper clip, paper clip, yeah I need a paper clip. I'm stacking up this paper man, and I can make that paper flip, that paper flip, paper flip. Watch me make this paper flip and head to Magic City, and I bet that paper make a strip. Paper man, paper man, catch me in the paper man like. Wall Street Journal, yeah, 'cause I be getting paper man, that paper man, paper man, yeah, I'm getting paper boy, really, all about that paper boy, got a team to serve a paper from Cali to Decatur, stack it, paper boy, paper boy, all about that paper boy, I keep a team, uh, yeah, paper boy. Paper boy, always about that paper boy. If you ain't on your grind, then you flexing, use a hater boy. Paper boy, paper boy, always getting paper boy. If you ain't making money, then you ain't a money maker boy. Paper clip, paper clip, yeah I need a paper clip. I'm stacking up this paper man, and I can make that paper flip, that paper flip, paper flip. Watch me make this paper flip and head to Magic City, and I bet that paper make a strip. Paper man, paper man, catch me in the paper man like. Wall Street Journal, yeah, 'cause I be getting paper man, that paper man, paper man, yeah, I'm getting. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere. Even at thirty thousand feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino. dot com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino. dot com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. Eighteen plus. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking.、Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and、uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick, so I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. <laughs> 